At the Juice Podcast, Cody Mitchell, Connor Holiday here. The college football semis just ended yesterday. Obviously, we got a lot to recap there, a lot of other bowl games here, but we got to start with the college football playoff. This is what we've been gearing up for the entire season. Um, just as an overview of both the games, I thought both games were very, very entertaining. Some of the best college Yeah, I think, I think in the last iteration of the fourteen playoff, we got our best. Like second best was probably last season, but even like you could kind of say TCU, Michigan, like TCU kind of blew Michigan out, but they were also the underdog the whole game, so that kind of made it a lot more interesting. But I think we had the two best playoff games possible. Yeah, with all dramatic finishes that came out in the end. But let's start with the big one, or the start with the first game here. Michigan twenty-seven, Alabama twenty, in overtime. A botch snap forces Jalen Milrow to run up the middle, and there's a stuff there um, to secure the win for Michigan. Connor, what was your biggest takeaways from watching this game start to finish? Um, both teams equally did enough to win the game. And equally enough to lose the game. I mean, I said it on our last last episode. Like the biggest thing that worries me for Bama is you've had these botched snaps throughout the season from game one to get to your last game. It was an issue, and you still somehow could not get it figured out. And on the flip side, like Michigan, your special teams are kind of what kept this a game and almost cost you the game. Like, in my opinion, Michigan was the better team throughout this game. You kind of say that the first half Michigan dominated, second half Alabama made the necessary moves to be in it. But it felt like if Michigan wasn't having the shoot yourself in the foot uh, special teams plays, they could have won this game by double digits potentially. Yeah, kind of what you said. I think definitely the first half that was Michigan's football game, and I felt very confident in my minus two after the first half. The third quarter was kind of just back and forth. Really nobody was doing anything, and then – towards the end of the third and the, basically the entire fourth until there was around like two and a half minutes left. That was Alabama's football game. And then obviously Michigan gets the ball back and they drive down the field and tie it up. And then 
another that like you said that muff punt that rolls 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 it's picked up at the one yard line and the Michigan player gets and then just gets whacked kudos for to that kid for holding on to that ball because there was a millisecond yes. by the time he picked it up and he got hit it was a fraction of a second I don't know how he did not lose. Like, as soon as he turned around, Bama is like head down, like shoulder to the side, like perfect form tackle right there. As soon as he turns that around, I mean, yeah, you said it. That Michigan almost had one of the most infamous plays in college football playoff history. If that is if that ball goes, because I'm pretty sure if it breaks the front portion of the goal line and he gets hit like he did, like that's a safety and that wins the game for Bama. Yeah, I think every Michigan fan had flashbacks to that Michigan State game where the punter dropped the ball and then the Michigan State players like run all the way down and score as time expired. That. Freaked yes. me the, that freaked me the fuck out. And to go along with their special teams too, like I had them, I had minus two, and that botched extra point was, yeah, actually kind of played in my favor because also they would have won by one. But yeah, kudos to Jim Harbaugh and JJ McCarthy for making all the plays like down the stretch that he needed to needed to make, and for Alabama. Like you said, we talked earlier. I am in a fourth and goal, like in a, a two point conversion or like a fourth and goal situation with the game in the line. I always like if I have an athletic quarterback for them to roll out. Always do. And instead, I don't know what the play was because it looked like the running back it was like an RPO. The running back was wide open for a dump off. But Nick Saban and his presser said no, it was a designed run. But I don't know, like, just the way the running back was r- rolling out and looking back at Milrow, it just makes me think there was a run-pass option and he just didn't want to, like, throw his center under the bus. I don't even think it's that. I think he was – I don't think it's trying to save the center. I think it's trying to save uh, Jalen because, like he said, that running back going out into the flat, I mean, he's – why he's wide open like if you look at like i was slowing down the camera as much as i could the linebacker that is coming to like defend him he's at least a solid yard back from him and both the wide receivers that are about to block the corners they are in prime spots and even the uh, the wide receiver that would end up also, like, kind of have to take on that linebacker. Like, he's in a good spot to block the corner and the linebacker. It just seemed like, yeah, that's where the ball was supposed to go. But as soon as that ball is at Jalen's knees, he kind of, like, spazzes out and it's like, I got to take this. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was, but and that no just from my view, it looked like it was supposed to go. The running back was wide open, like you said. Yeah, and if you want to look up "stuffed" in football terms dictionary, that 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 play is what I want to show. Like he, when he decided to run, he just got killed immediately. 
Like yeah, it, it was. It wasn't like one of those dives into the middle of a pile where it's like he could get lost and like at the pile pushes, he's in the end zone. No, it was dead from the start. The defensive end who crashed against that left tackle, like he, well, he took on Booker, the guard, but man, he just absolutely wrecked that play. Jalen really had no shot. The only shot in that situation because of the way the defensive end broke that play down was for it to go out to the running back. But Do you agree with me, though? Like, that's, when, with an athletic quarterback, like maybe rolling him out and getting him into space is the Well, that's way to- the thing that I said to you was when Bama was having its best work running the ball, it was on the edges. Like McClellan's 30-yard first touchdown, that was on the edge. Like they had all these r- good run plays on the edge. And then the last run play that you try, you try to run it up the gut, which is where Alabama's uh, or where Michigan's strength is, is in the middle of that line. And also shout out to Michigan for like clearly seeing or seeing that Alabama's having these snapping issues. They literally put a defensive tackle or nose tackle right on the center the from like the start to like put that pressure on him you snap this ball you're gonna have somebody in your face and that probably messed with the kid's head a lot yeah and then obviously i mean to over think about this to overcome a law a drop punt where alabama recovered and scored a missed field goal, a missed extra point, and then the, the the almost tragic ending of the fumble and then almost going end zone and still coming out with a win in overtime. This Michigan's team is tough. There's a reason that they're now, what, 14-0 and headed to the national championship game for the first time since... I mean, it, technically, in the 90s, it's not even a national championship game because it's... You know, it was all. This would be their first undisputed championship. Yeah. Since like the 40s. But I will say, I want to see the alternate universe where Caleb Downs on that first play is inbounds when he takes off and picks off JJ on literally the first play. If that's a pick, how does that game turn out? Does that immediately kill Michigan's confidence and it's just like what we've seen for the last two years or would they have been able to bounce back? I would love to see that alternate universe because as soon as that happened on the first play, I'm like, oh, it's just like every other year. Yeah. Then the obviously gets overturned, but would like to know what happens if that stands. I don't want to go on a giant tangent real quick, but I'm just saying from where we were like a year ago today to where we are in 2024 now with like how good AI is, I don't think that those things are completely out of the realm in our our lifetime, which would be a wild world. Mm -hmm. Like I would never think a computer would be able to do things like in a split fucking second and write me a freaking script 
the exact amount of words I put on there and beautiful, beautiful like literature. Yeah, I don't know. It I'm just saying, I think eventually it could happen. Um into the other game where Michigan will meet the Washington. Washington thirty seven, Texas thirty one. Both four the last two remaining teams will meet in the title game. Um yeah, I don't want to. I'm two zero. I'm two zero in the playoff picks. Just don't rub it in. Hey, you normally every year in college football you beat me head to head. Let me have one when I get one. Okay. No. Okay. Refuse. Uh, well, I will say I will. I will eat crow a little bit. I was impressed with Texas, and they weren't as bad as I thought they were. But I do think the better team did win this football game. I mean, yeah, you're right. Um, just watching that game, it, it's so crazy to see see Washington, even when they go up against like an opponent that should have the talent differential. Like that, like there's no way to look about it. If you look at the composite rankings of both these teams, like. Texas has the clear advantage in both these games. The team that lost had the clear advantage from the talent or star differential. But even when there is that differential, this Washington team is something different. Um, It's so hard for me to do this considering I just feel like an absolute moron considering I had the Washington national championship future. And I, I cashed out of that to ride Oregon and to see what happens with that. And then like, Listen, I was so for sure they Washington wins the title. Every fan base in the world is praying for you to cash out of your future of their team. I'm never cashing out because that will be back to back title games <laughs> that you cashed out of the champion, which the UConn one I didn't blame you for. One bit. That was a spot down here spot of the Washington one. Don't really blame you at all. Because like you said, from a talent standpoint, this, I don't understand how Washington keeps winning these games besides that they have a good offensive line, three stud wide receivers, and a probably... I mean, I know Jaden Daniels won the Heisman, but I would, I do think Michael Penix is probably the best quarterback in college football. Like, he throws just the most beautiful, beautiful pass that I've seen. It doesn't look like his downfield throws are just on the money every single time. And that defense has also caught in a lot of flack. I don't think it's a real a, that good of a defense, but situational defense, they excel at. Like, for the first Oregon game, there was two giant fourth downs when they're at the fifty-yard line. Got the stops. That I don't remember the name of the corner that swatted the game-winning pass into the end zone. Like how perfectly timed that swat was. They have the oh most- yeah, it, he couldn't have done it. Granted, unfortunately for me, I was asleep for the end of the game just because like I have to get up at five a.m. People, I tried I to. to Four a.m. I blame. Well, 425 a.m., yeah. but either way, uh, um, it was just it was just going to be too much for me to try to stay up and then, like, oh, I have to run the complete outside or outbound portion of my job. 
So, yeah, but I was, like, good thing about YouTube TV was I just started the recording of it as soon as I fell asleep. And when I came home while waiting for you to get done with work, I was able to watch, like, the whole... Because I, I, when I paused it, or when I started recording, there was still, like, seven minutes left in the third quarter. So when I woke up and it was, like... Oh shit! Texas had a chance to win that. Like I had no idea, but I mean, shouldn't have had a chance, but it shouldn't have. But uh, I don't know. Thinking back to like how, like when we all got introduced to Michael Penix, like to think about the kid that had that miraculous reach on this two-point conversion against Penn State when he was at Indiana and to, like, that whole season, how they were right there with Ohio State and everything like that. Like, we've seen that Penix is a good quarterback. But then also at Indiana, he ran into injuries. I think the biggest difference is when you look at, like, Washington – that have three NFL starting caliber wide receivers. And, like, I do think that Texas does have some stud wide receivers. Obviously, A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy are very good. Winnington, he's been pretty to the level that those wide receivers are at. I mean, Roma Dunze is probably the second best wide receiver and if I mean you could easily say that he is like neck and neck with Marv for the best wide receiver in America but I mean there's just, there's something about this Washington I mean Kalen DeBoer just deserves so much credit the man does not lose I'm pretty sure his record it was floating around there after this game is like 111 and like 14 from Damn. where he got his start at NAIA school, moving up to Fresno State as an offensive coordinator, getting the Indiana offensive coordinator job, starting off at as Fresno's or yeah, Fresno State's head coach, and then moving to Washington. Like the dude is just a very, very good coach. Now it it it, it will be. Washington trying to continue this, but for this one season, like this is very, very amazing to see. Yeah, to put it in like an analogy, the analogy I was trying to come up with for it is like this Washington team is like their team batting average is like 210, but when runners are in scoring position, they hit 330. It's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. When the moment when they have to make a play, they make a play. At third and 15, Michael Penix doesn't. He's got three, like you said, three NFL caliber wide receivers. He doesn't panic. He throws a he throws a 15, 20 yard pass, first down. Defense, they got to make a player here. They make a play. And I will say, I won't be as shitty as I was earlier because I get it. And I think the injury is kind of bad to Dylan Johnson. And I don't know his status for next week. But if you didn't watch catch the end of it, Texas had a chance to drive down the field and score to win the game. Well, there was. I think they got the ball back because around 50 seconds left. Thing was, Dylan Johnson on third down gets hurt. So, Washington ends up having to use an injury timeout 
and it stops the clock. So instead of getting punting the ball to Texas with 10 seconds left, they Texas gets it with 50 and giving them an opportunity. And all I was thinking that whole time, man, was looking at TV, I'm like, Dylan Johnson, crawl off the field. Like, so, how do you, you need teammates to run out there and pick you up and carry you off the field? I mean, we will always have the most infamous, like, moment of that with Byron Leftwich at Marshall. I think he, I can't remember if he had a broken leg or what it was on that last drive, but literally the offensive linemen have to come and, like, have, like, Put, he put his arms on their shoulders and just rode those guys all the way down the field on that last drive. So, yeah, I I understand what you're saying. But that injury was very, very bad. I Yeah. I, I understand from the situational standpoint that, like, yeah, if it was, like, only, like, something not severe, yes, I would be completely... I, I completely understand. That was that was kind of bad. Yeah, because like I was telling you earlier, I shouldn't say kind of bad. That was it was very bad. bad. I was telling you, like I was telling you earlier, if Texas scores that last play, there's a narrative on ESPN should have Kalen DeBoer have needed on third down, and then we're all debating back and forth on that like BS. It's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. But I I mean, it was the right call. You don't expect your guy to get hurt. You want to burn every second off that you possibly can. It was just very frustrating when I seen him there, and I'm like, the clock's going to fucking stop it. And, and like, yep, and then here comes Texas just trotting down the field. And I tell you what, that last play, I I was like my butthole puckered up a little bit, but that was like like a theater of how timely that deflection was. You know? Oh, dude, it, it, like, it, was, it was almost... It was a movie. It was a Disney. It, movie. It, I don't, I want to say it was almost comical because it would. It seems like like you see it in a cartoon. Dude's just like levitating behind Ad Mitchell for a solid two seconds, and it's like as soon as Ad's like, "Oh shit, game winner!" Dude's like, "Nah, motherfucker!" Smacks it out of his hands. Yeah, there was no chance in hell that guy was gonna catch that anyway. He had. Like, that was a club. Oh, also, was it fucking te- Texas's punt returner and kick returner having a club? What the fuck is Sark doing? He, well, that was the weird thing was Blue started, or Blue returned the opening kickoff. Yeah, and then they had Robinson in. And, I mean, smart on Washington to see that and then proceed to kick it short where he has to run up there and grab it, and he literally can only grab it with one fucking hand, and Washington's almost there to get it, but, yeah, Sark, what are you doing? Like, if the dude got a fucking broken arm, there's no reason that he should be back there returning kicks. I I don't understand that. I feel like... I, I don't know why he's out there. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like there was... There were a lot of times that I... I like Sark, but man, this game just seemed like he was out coached from the start. Yeah, I I kind of agree, which is weird too. He's a guy who's coached in a national title games before as an OC. And you'd think he would really, well, I mean, 
I guess if there's any school he wants revenge against, it is USC because they're the ones that fired him. But, I mean, Washington was where you got your start. Like, kind of would want to beat your old team considering, like, like I said, the talent differential is, I want to say, huge, but it's it's significant. I mean, from a roster, like, from a roster talent standpoint, if you look at a lot of ratings, like Washington's not even in the top 25. You find them in 26, 27, 28, depending on like where you look. And Texas is up there amongst the top sevens, like the the elite of the elite. And it's a, a, a you could flip the jerseys and wouldn't be able to tell. Like it, this Washington team's so fucking good. And, like, I rode with them all season. And then the minute that they gave me any sign of doubt, I was like, nope, getting the fuck out of this. And, yeah. Just find what it, it, Like, it hurts because it, it hurts because on one side, do I want my rival to win the national championship or do I want to look like a stooge? And the team that I had in national championship future cashed out of ends up winning it. And then I look like a dummy. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tough spot. Um, so now I mean, I will say for like my Chase and my niece's uh, husband, he's a Michigan fan. So I guess for him, this would be his first title. So I guess for that reason, like, kind of would be all right with Michigan winning it. But fuck him. I at the same time makes me want makes me want to throw up in my mouth. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm willing to win this sat this Sunday. The Commanders to win and ruin our draft pick just to, so the Cowboys don't win the division. I would sacrifice no, it. Just dude, to win got, the no, 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 yep. no, 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 no. I'm rooting for him. No, no, no. We need Jaden Daniels on the Washington. No, Commanders. I mean we're in. I mean this isn't an NFL pod. We're in prime position for Caleb Williams now. We're currently sitting at two. And I'm no, pretty sure yeah, the Bears I mean, are gonna. If I'm the Bears, I'm staying with Justin Fields and I'm drafting uh, Marvin Harrison. That's the right move. Hey, the, that will be. I mean, thankfully, we're we will talk draft stuff, but as far as like that, whatever I will say, whatever happens, happens. For my sake, it's so much easier for me to root for Justin on the Bears, considering, like I've said before, Chicago is a second home to me. It's so much easier for me to root for the Bears considering when I walk around my house, there's Bears memorabilia all over because my mother is from Chicago. So, yeah. yeah. And to think that I could have a situation where if ultimately I think, I don't think the Bears, if the Bears stick with Justin, they're not picking at one. What I ultimately would love is if they did draft Marv number one. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, somebody, somebody I think Marv's going to end good. up. Yeah, I mean, it, like, here's the thing. Somebody will, I mean, there's even a chance that you guys trade up from two to one. No, that's like, that's just because, thinking. just so, yeah, just so that way you can secure having Caleb. You don't have to worry about anybody giving a King, King's ransom to the Bears. They can secure having Justin Fields or having, or, Keeping Justin, drafting Marv, and you're set. But 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting. I've already been digging into off-season shit, so you already know where my mind's at. I think I was talking to my brother. I'm like, we both like Caleb Williams. Like, been rooted for him in college. I'm like, I don't know if I really want him to go to Washington because I don't want him just to fail. Like, and he's got no shot if he comes to Washington. We're just going to kill him. You know, whether it's the field, the organization, no matter what, he is destined to die in Washington. But anyways, um, we got, so wait, the, I will say the, the line opens up at four and a half. Um, I believe it's still at four and a half right now. A little bit of money is coming in on Michigan as we're speaking. Um, later in the week, I, I'm assuming that's national championship Monday. So yeah, the next, our next show will be basically just full preview of the national championship with picks. We should probably like throw in some pro like do like a pick two or three props and a bunch of shit for that one since there's only one game left. Yeah, it's technically our Super Bowl, so give a pick on like first touchdown. Oh yeah, we, time touchdown shit like that. We'll do a bunch. We of can fi- we can figure out some stuff. All right, so let's get to the rest of the bowl games that happened. Are we starting with Friday? Correct. Let's start off wherever. I think Friday. I mean, we didn't really. Yeah, we didn't really cover the bowl games the last time we were on. We just kind of went straight into the picks and then well, reviewing these, the... These are games we pick, so we'll, we should probably do these ones here. Um, yeah. Started off on Friday. Clemson 30-38, Kentucky 35. Kentucky gets the plus four cover there, but Dabo Sweeney actually took the game a little more seriously and the players took it more seriously than I thought. I thought the players for Clemson did not give a shit about this game. They They went out and played hard. Yeah, surprisingly uh, high-scoring game. Uh, it, it was a solid game from Cade Kublik. Uh Didn't throw for a touchdown, but uh, it's kind of easy to not throw for a touchdown when you have Bill Maffa, who ends up getting four touchdowns. Granted, a lot of them were d- down the goal line, including the game winner. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a crazy game. Uh, Baron Brown. Uh, Seemed to kind of single-handedly keep Kentucky in this game. I know he had the kickoff return for the touchdown. There was a bomb that they had to him. They were getting him on chat sweeps. I think they found a great weapon that you literally had. Like, we, we've we seen the flashes from Brown, like, last season as a freshman. And now he breaks through in the bowl game even more. And it's just like, why aren't you guys continuing to use him? But... I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, Kentucky going into the offseason, like, you're bringing in uh, Brock Vandergriff from Georgia, hoping that he could be a guy. Georgia's, they got a I bunch mean, of guys, Clemson. too. Like that running – your guys' is yeah, running back. I know. Who's the yeah, wide receiver that's coming over from um, – God, is it North Texas or Georgia State? I can't remember oh, what God. college it is. I think it's Georgia State. Yeah, they. I mean, they always just have. I mean, the the portal's been crazy. I'm not sure. Did you end up seeing who ended up? Well, I mean, we'll talk about. But the now team I'm interested. Later, so we'll. Now I'm interested. We'll end up talking about. Oh, the team okay. On this I'll episode, ask. okay. Um. Yeah. Notre Dame forty, Oregon State eight. Um. Yeah. Luckily, I didn't bet this game. I picked this on the show as Oregon State. They had like four coaches. I didn't know that. They had like everybody else was grad, grad assistants. Yeah, I didn't realize that who uh, Bray, the new head coach, 
wasn't even coaching in this game because he was trying to work on getting his staff and everything organized. So I don't like that. That's like the yeah. game. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but you can't also, take four hours like, to that fucking whole... away from getting a staff. I guess. No, they, uh, they deserve to lose this game. No, now that I know that. Uh, Memphis 36, Iowa State 26. Didn't bet it, picked it. Big Memphis is plus. I think it was like 10 points. Um, also, I didn't yeah. realize this either. This was a Memphis home game. Yeah, I completely forget that the Liberty Bowl is Memphis home game. Um, and, of course, after I talk shit about uh, Memphis defense, they hold... Iowa State to literally zero rushing yards. Yeah, uh, their D line made life hell for Iowa State. But I mean, for Iowa State, uh, Rocco back looked good, especially with the fact that there was no run game. Ended up going twenty-two for thirty-eight, four hundred forty-six yards and three touchdowns. And um, also, one piece of advice, which you ended up figuring out in this game, use. Jaden Higgins more Jesus he went nine had nine receptions for 214 yards and one touchdown he was just making big plays down the field and just keep using him more I mean this Iowa State team is a young team going going into next season so I kind of like you were with Brock Purdy and them, you got build up for so when that fourth year is there, you hit on that year. And then lastly, the last game on Friday night, Missouri fourteen, Ohio State three. Oh, I didn't even have this written down, buddy. Um, I know you have a lot of guys out and a lot of guys decide to play, but I'm going to tell you right now. The reason that I like I love the plus four here is because this was Missouri's Super Bowl. They like they're getting to play Ohio State in a bowl game with the chance to win eleven games. You were gonna get their best. This is probably the best game Missouri has played all season long. Ohio State's defense still did a really good job containing most of the guys. Like Burden didn't go too burden crazy. But you gotta wonder. I mean, it is Devin Brown's first start, but he kind of got banged up. You got to see uh, Keen Holtz in there a little bit. It looked like the this, the lights were a little bright for the kid, but it is their first game against a really good defense in a, a bowl game like later in the year. You, how, how much are you really going to take away from that? No, I mean, it, it, it's tough because this was Devin Brown's chance to just like take this job and – like there being no, there there just be optimism going into next season. But I mean, obviously has the ankle injury, but unfortunately gets stuck in the turf, gets tackled in an awkward way, and his foot just stays still. Um, yeah, and I mean, like I know that. Like the announcers kept saying it, that the Ohio State staff is high on Lincoln Keenholds. Yeah, we're high on Lincoln Keenholds, but also, no offense to him, 
he's a true freshman who was playing in South Dakota. No offense to South Dakota whatsoever, but you're not playing to the and he was a state championship champion in South Dakota, but state, South Dakota state championships are not like winning California state championships, Florida state championship, Texas state championships. Like the level that some of these true freshman quarterbacks who come in are already tested at a level that is so high. He, I mean, it was it was just too much for Lincoln to do and. Obviously, like the offensive line, who's kind of been like, hasn't been holding us back, but it hasn't been to the level that we expect, and it got proven again. But I mean, in the defense, a year or game in, game out, has shown up, and. I mean that literally that was the one issue last season, and this year we're one last drive away from beating Michigan potentially. Like it, it, it's so hard that going into this, like the the Ohio State world kind of seemed like it was on fire, especially with like everything that was kind of going on with recruiting at the time. And it was like, this was the one opportunity for Ohio state fans to just like take that, like, and like, okay, Devin Brown is the guy. And you come away from this game with, it seems like even more questions. Like before it, it seems like it was for sure that, Going into next season, it was going to be Devin Brown. Now, there's a lot of rumors coming around that we're back to kicking the tires on Will Howard, potentially. And, I mean, like the biggest problem for Devin Brown is in two games, we've seen him go down with injuries. So, like, you start to wonder about dependability. You can't next season if Devin Brown goes down, like, game four and you have all of your eggs in that basket. If he goes down and you have to go to Lincoln, like it's not going to look good. And then it's just going to be a bad season. And then there's just going to be whole coaching turnover and everything like that. You like, I don't know. It was the one opportunity, like kind of like the Michigan game. You had one game to like silence all the critics silence all the doubters and just not able to. All right, let's move on to Saturday here. Ole Miss 38, Penn State 25. Um, good win here for Lane Kiffin and the Rebels here. And then obviously because building all the momentum they've created in the offseason with the transfer guys, the recruiting, and then to go out and beat a pretty good Penn State team. That's a, that's a good win. Yeah, Lane Kiffin worked Penn State's defense without Manny Diaz, and I mean you said it, and we finally we finally got we kind of already knew that Jackson Dart was coming back, but he formally announced it. And if you're anybody like me that already has bet Ole Miss to win the national championship, it was at plus two thousand six hundred. It is already down to plus fifteen after he made that announcement. So, there's this could be 
We could be heading into a very dangerous offseason for these Rebels. This one I didn't really expect here. Maryland 31, Auburn 13 without Talia. Turns out Auburn... Neither did I. Auburn really just got up for that Alabama game. They're the same team that got smoked by New Mexico State. Yep. Uh, Auburn ends the season as the unanimous winner of the the what-the-fuck team. Because, I mean... The highs and lows of this team is insane because there was even that Cal game at the beginning of the season where they were at Cal, and I'm pretty sure that will that game was only decided by a field goal. Like this, this Auburn team was just as low as down here and as high as up here. It's, I mean, to think where we could have been if. If Gravedigger doesn't hit on fourth and goal, it's just insane. Uh, But at the same time, seeing what Auburn's been doing in recruiting and how much I'm hearing them leak to certain players in the portal, like, it's just going to take, like, at least one two more off or may honestly probably just one more off season before Hugh freeze has this Auburn engine running at full steam. Well, Connor, it was a good thing. You got the number at 17 because Georgia yes. beats Florida state <laughs> 63 to three. I knew it was Dude, be I, not this. Bad. I knew it was going to be bad too. Cause I went on to just about every site I could and I took that spread slider as far as it would let me go and just every single site plus I think the highest one I got was uh plus like thirty. Or or my or minus like thirty. Not a it sweat. was yeah, I I knew but also I didn't put big units down on it because I'm just like there is still that outside chance that Florida State has all the fight in the world. Nope. Uh-uh. It, it sucks because then when you go and hang out at New Year's Eve parties and you have to hear people who have no ideas who or have no idea what they're talking about as far as the sport or just true casuals and have to hear them say, oh, see, that's why Florida State was left out. No, dummy. Um, the reason that this happened is because literally every, <laughs> I, I don't even want to know what the true amount of people sitting out for Florida state was, but it was, it was huge. And I, like I said, I don't, I don't blame those kids whatsoever. Especially like the kids like Keon and Johnny, Jared, all those guys are going to be making or, or end up making so much money in the NFL and probably going to get their names announced in the first couple rounds. But it just sucks, like I said, that when, when we t- broke down this game, when we placed those national championship futures on Florida State, like everything that we ever dreamed it could have been, we kind of got. It ju- just that ending just wasn't there because 
unfortunately, Jordan Travis has to have one of the most influential injuries of the season. Yeah, it, it, everything broke perfect for us besides, I mean, basically until his knee blew. That was, that was it, and they had no shot. They had no, like, like you said, I was hearing the same thing. A bunch of people were like, well, this is why Alabama got in. It's like, dude, no, not. Now, would I think Alabama could have beat a full-strength Florida State team with Jordan Travis? Yes. Without Jordan Travis, definitely. But it doesn't matter. It, this this wasn't as big of a blowout as it should have been. It was just they were playing against. There was no meaningful players for Florida State really playing in this game, like at all. Um, no. And then lastly on Saturday, I was kind of upset the game, the last game started at 4 o'clock. Um, Wyoming, 16, Toledo, 15. Um, it was a fun game. Um, obviously, it was the Barstool Bowl, so you got a little different kind of um, like announcing crew there. Like there was a bunch of the Barstool guys there, which I don't mind yeah, when it's like this kind of game. I don't mind it. Like if they were calling the Alabama-Michigan game, I would have been fucking pissed. But when it's these two kind of teams, it was kind of fun. Like, I don't mind it. And what's Wyoming's coach? His name can't think of his name on top of my head. Craig Ball. Got a win in his final game. That was awesome. Yeah, it was amazing. Send off. Last second field goal to win it. Yeah, it was. I mean, when it comes to this bowl game, like Barstool's already said that they're not. You you don't have to worry. They're not going to be calling any college basketball games anymore. Please. But I believe they're going to continue to do this bowl game, which I think they do a phenomenal job, especially if you follow Barstool at all. And like to be able to see PFT kick a field goal to decide if he ends up buying himself an El Camino. I mean, where do you where do you get that? Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, it brings light to. Like in in an off season where you have to deal with opt outs and all this yada yada blah blah blah, it adds a fun bit and a little bit of fun to bowl game. It would have been cool if Toledo was at full strength with uh, Daquan Finn playing, obviously, but it was still it was a great game. Yeah, for for what it is, it's I I do enjoy it. Um, I love the P I'm not a giant Barstool guy, but I like the PMT guys. So they did a good job calling it. Um, especially football is a sport they know a little bit more about too. So it all worked out. Um, to Monday, LSU 35, Wisconsin 31. Didn't even know this game existed. To be honest with you, did not pay a lick of attention to it. But so you're gonna have yeah, to um, LSU, LSU's defense just had to make one last game interesting. And I mean. Wisconsin seemed like they were handling this game to start. They were up at uh, 14-0 at points. Like, yeah, it, that LSU defense needs a lot of work this offseason. But there's reason for optimism because our boy Nussmeyer was slinging it around. Granted, he's slinging it around to neighbors and thomas who i'm i was honestly surprised that both those guys were playing uh, but to see him swinging around it's kind of got you it kind of got a little reason for optimism for lsu but obviously like their wide receiving quarter is going to end up taking a hit but at the same time lsu 
for the most part, does very good at wide receivers year in and year out. Yeah. So, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what LSU can do, especially in the new age SEC, where like you're not one of you're one of the top dogs, but the number of top dogs in that conference has just gotten a little bit wider. Now, I like what's going to be happening with the 12-team playoff, but this is probably going to be a taste of one of the first-round games you guys are we're going to be getting in the next few years, especially if they let two group of fives in. But Oregon 45, Liberty 6. Like, not a shot. Like, this is going to happen, and I'm cool with it because I think these teams deserve it. But also, let's be honest, this was probably the worst like they won all their games this might have been one of the worst like group of five representatives we've had in like recent pasts this wasn't the kellen moore boise state team or anything like that they were beating up conference usa teams that are not good that's by far the worst conference is probably not even close so i guess i shouldn't say that but i mean it's tough to hang your hat or to not be feel terrible about yourself when you just lost by 39 in your last game of the season but awesome season for liberty congrats to jamie jabwell on a 13-1 season. And then also, from the Oregon side, like, what a great career Bo Nix had, especially after a lot of people, including myself, like, wrote him down so far when he was at Auburn and were like, this guy is nothing. I can't believe Oregon's even going to take a shot at him. And he kind of resurrected himself and even, I mean, hell, he could still be a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's... Tough look for Liberty, especially that fr- that first drive. You looked, looked like almost unstoppable. That first drive, you just walked down the field and scored the touchdown, missed the extra point. But then from like there, it, it was, I mean, the ultimate Dave versus Goliath. And yeah, Goliath was just too much this time. Um, if it wasn't for like two ladies shooting themselves in the foot against SMU. And then them having, or wait, did they play it? No, again, no, it was, was it UTSA and Tulane in the title yeah. game? Yeah. Okay. If it wasn't for them losing to UTSA and stuff like no, that. No, it was, no, it was Tulane, it was Tulane SMU. SMU beat okay. Tulane. No. I already wait. forgot. <laughs> no, UTSA played the I've title already... game. Yeah, it was UTSA. No, UTSA wasn't. I swore it was. Yeah. No? No, you're right. No, UTSA played Tulane this the last game of the season. The winner got to go play SMU. Yes, you're right. Yes, and then SMU with the backup quarterback beat Tulane. If it mm-hmm. wasn't for that, we yeah, and we, uh, yeah. Well, and we almost had a situation where who lost SMU was about to be the representative, even with out Preston Stone. Yeah. So Which, like, like we saw what happened when they played BC without Preston Stone and how that went. But yeah, and like you said for Bo Nix, I was one of the few people when he made. I shouldn't say one of the few people. I was one of the people that when he made the move from Auburn to Oregon, I still had reason for optimism. Like, I feel I still feel like he got such a bad rap at Auburn and to see how he's just completely turned it around was 
one of the better quarterbacks in college football these last two years. It's just, it's crazy. But as far as the transfer quarterback I was talking about, Caden Salter has hit the portal. Oh, really? Yeah. I still don't know if it's a, if it's a G, if it's a power five or power four, I guess now I'm thinking more the lines of like Northwestern Vanderbilt. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He's got a crystal ball. Mm-mm. Really? No, no, dude. The teams, the teams are a lot higher than that. Like well, how- there's a lot. What There's a lot years? of people who think that he's gonna end up getting the uh going to Auburn following Hugh. Oh, I guess he's only a sophomore, so maybe I wrote him off a little too quick. Plus, I mean he he was committed to play at Tennessee. He he got kicked out of there for behavioral stuff or something like that. But he's like since said he's like completely turned his life around. And so he's to that level. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Auburn isn't the only, like, quarterback needy team that's kicking the tires on him because he is very good. Ohio State. No, I. I don't. Not that. I don't know it. No, it, it seems the only name that I've seen is Will. But also, I don't know if many people thought that Caden was going to end up hitting the portal. But I mean, they're like to think that there's a team down in South Florida that swung and miss on a lot of portal quarterbacks. Like maybe they could go after him. To think that there's a USC out there that was look kicking the tires on a bunch of. Portal quarterbacks, granted, I think they got their answer in Miller Moss, considering how good he looked against Louisville. But, yeah, I think they're, he's going to have a lot of suitors. He, and he's it's not going to be bottom of the Power Five. It's going to be top of the Power Five still. All right, let's get to the last one here. Tennessee 35, Iowa 0. Hopefully no more Deacon Hill. I don't ever watch that guy play football again. Um, but we have no more Brian Ferentz. No more Brian Ferentz. I still don't want to watch Deacon Hill play football. But I will say I did get eyes on this one. Nico did – his numbers weren't insane, but for his first collegiate start against – I talked to and Iowa's defense. It's still a good defense by any means. They could they might have been playing some bad offense. It's still a damn good defense. He looked mm-hmm. he looked the, like the real deal. Yeah, he didn't see the passing stats as much, but like the use of his legs – I mean, you 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 see the promise there, and it's just I I wish it was a lot better. Or I want to say a lot better, a lot easier opponent than Iowa for his first start, so we could truly truly sleep, see him out there slinging it. But oh, this is gonna be a team that I'm gonna have futures on. The the thing that I think impressed me the most was like the comfortability he had and just the natural feel for the game. Like he wasn't shell shocked when the bio was getting pressure on him. He didn't freak out. He made all his progressions, made the best play possible, whether it was to take off or just throw the ball away. Like I said, the numbers won't impress you by any means, but he looked really comfortable in that offense. And I was kind of upset that we didn't get to see him 
at some point this year, like be the starter, like the last six games or something like that. Mm, yeah, it is unfortunate, but now we're going to have a whole off season where he's just going to continue to develop better, understand Hypo's offense. And I, I have reason to believe that come like the start, he's going to be, he's going to be ready from the get-go. Yeah, you give me a good number, I'm going to be betting on either some SEC or make the playoff futures for sure on them. Take a little, little bit of a long shot. But I think that's it. That's all the really the bowl games. Come next, come Thursday or Friday, we'll have a complete breakdown of the... Can you hear that? What? My dog whining. I can... Anytime you talk, I could hear her a little bit, but... She's when she when you're not talking, I can't hear it. She's getting a little cranky. So, uh, we'll have the national championship breakdown later this week. Uh, until then, we're out of here. Peace.